Welcome to the Inclusive Growth Show with Toby Milden. Future-proofing your business by creating a diverse workplace. Welcome to the Inclusive Growth Show. I am Toby Milden, your host, and I am joined by an amazing guest today, uh, Mark Lomas, who is the head of Equality, Diversity and Inclusion at HS2, which is the high-speed rail network being built between uh, London and the north of England. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. So, Mark, today we're going to be talking about inclusive procurement. What, what exactly is inclusive procurement? Yeah, it's really interesting. It's a great question because a lot of uh, a lot of organisations aren't necessarily that clear on it. So, for us at HS2, inclusive uh, procurement is both what you require within the procurement process to establish uh, your evidence, your fitness to bid for the contract, which includes sort of supplier diversity elements, how much you spend with diverse suppliers, along with a host of other elements, EDI, uh, training, achieving an externally verified standard, data reporting and policy compliance, all of which form a part of our approach to inclusive procurement, which is embedded at each stage of the tender process. Brilliant. And when you started creating your inclusive procurement process and and program around it, how exactly did you establish the business case for supplier diversity with, you know, with HS2? That's a very good question. I'd I'd like to um, claim it it was because of my own genius, but actually it was more a case of uh, right place, right time. The HS2 uh, program obviously has a large amount of procurement. We're dealing with public money, and it's a a huge program over a number of, of years. And it's more than just building a railway. So, you know, HS2 will deliver a number of strategic benefits, including more accessible travel and skills, uh, employment, etc., across various areas of the UK. Part of the ability to um, embed it in the supply chain is hand-in-hand with some of the strategic problems in the sector. For, so, for example, we have a vast amount of skills shortages, which we know are in the sector. Plus, we have a vastly aging workforce. To give you an example, something like a quarter of the construction workforce is going to retire within the next 10 years. Well, the program goes on longer than that. So the opportunity um, to embed uh, EDI into our procurement process was really key for us delivering the outcomes. HS2 as an organization is a client organization. So we work with our tier one, our biggest suppliers, and they deliver the work on our behalf. We monitor and manage their performance. So by embedding it into the procurement process and into what the supply chain needs to deliver, we establish those legacy outcomes and deliver the benefits of HS2. If you're looking at sort of from a supplier lens, here's a huge amount of investment over a number of years. And essentially, you're getting, um, you're getting paid to invest in the change that you need to make your own company and the sector as a whole sustainable in the future, refreshing your talent pools, ensuring that you're dealing with a wide range of companies and balancing risk. So by embedding it into each stage of the procurement process, um, it becomes a benefit for those organizations that are, um, that are doing it and helps them in terms of their business sustainability over the next decade. That's brilliant. So how have you managed to embed this at each stage of your procurement process? 
interestingly enough, that's a question I get often, and it's not it's not really rocket science. Um, but I'll, I'll sort of talk you through each stage of of the uh, of the approach. So in our PQQ documentation, um, uh, we set out all the requirements around equality, diversity, and inclusion. And at the screening uh, stage, it is um, it is quite basic. So it is um, around your policy, whether you've lost tribunals, and um, whether you have EHRC judgments against you, et cetera. Those are what we call a sort of pass-fail element. You don't get through the gate unless you um, haven't had any of those, or if you had, you can demonstrate you've put in the lessons and the learning and evidence that it wouldn't necessarily happen again. The second stage is the ITT stage. And um, this is where you get the real bang for your buck, if you like, because the difference between winning and losing a major contract at HS2 can be around 3 to 4%, which is a very narrow margin. The weighting on EDI, uh, equality, diversity, inclusion, and skills, employment, education, is around 6%. And so it is a critical factor in winning uh, the bid. And in our ITT stage, we ask very specific questions around EDI, how you communicate EDI, how you use diversity monitoring to implement change, etc. Um, which means you have to evidence how effective um, what you're doing is going to be for, for EDI, and um, that's weighted and, and scored. And of course, that has an influence. It's not the only thing, but of course, it has an influence on your overall score in, in, in the tender. And therefore, that kind of bakes in the business case. No one wants to lose a massive contract uh, because of what they're not doing and sort of EDI and apprenticeships, etc. The third stage is how we monitor uh, how we monitor that performance. So, in the mobilization stage, each uh, major supplier has to submit an EDI strategy, which covers their basically four plans, which are set out in the EDI works information or scope of services. And then we monitor performance against that every six months. So they have to submit data, demonstrate progress against um, achieving accreditation, supplier diversity outcomes, monitoring, uh, compliance with policies, etc. We receive that each month through what we call a PMU, very um, fancy abbreviation for a fancy spreadsheet. That is then loaded into a data system, and it allows, uh, it allows me at this point in our maturity at a sort of a touch of a button to see what EDI performance looks like across the entire HS2 program by overall contract, by contract area, gender, ethnicity, disability, whether people have uh, attained their EDI verification. So uh, I think part of what we've done very well, and having a sort of, uh, sort of a clean slate to start from, is that it's embedded in each stage of our procurement process and our contract management process. Um, the data process is, a, is aligned to that, and the systems we use mean it's not resource-heavy. So um, myself and the EDI supply chain manager basically handle um, all the kind of scoring of tenders uh, and the management of that data, and we have some support from our IT teams in terms of the data platform, and that forms a continual cycle of improvement. What's great about that is that it's really embedded into your your procurement systems and processes, and it just feels to me like it's it's how you conduct business or business as usual. I mean, I interviewed you in my book, Inclusive Growth, and one of the things that we talked about in your in your case study was how equality and diversity and inclusion has been embedded into 
leadership accountability. So can you just explain to me how, how you've accomplished that at HS2? Yeah, it's, um, I, I think it's, you know, I think it's uh, very, very important that your leaders are bought into what you're doing. But it's just as important, actually, that staff in your organization are, are bought into what we do. So I'll, I'll touch on the staff a little later, but I'll concentrate on the leadership. In, in essence, when you're trying to drive performance through a whole organization, there's, there's no way that um, an EDI team, which tends to be fairly small, can do that by yelling into the wind. It's just not, it's just not possible. With the leaders engaged and following the program, disseminating messages, requirements, etc., it works a lot. It works a lot better. And there are there are two parts to it in terms of how our leadership are engaged. One is the sort of professional and personal development element of that. And that's about being comfortable with diversity, understanding change, understanding the wider strategic picture, which is in this sector, no one loses when there's increased diversity. So in many sectors, um, you have a huge talent pool and not many jobs. So inevitably, if you increase the diversity of those getting jobs, you're pushing other people out of the sector. In ours, it's not that way. We just need more people put into the sector to cope with the investment we have. So diversity is not a threat, it's a benefit. And when you start from there, it's far easier to engage the leaders as they are in that conversation. Uh, so that first element around personal growth, um, we achieve that by all our um, leaders having a key performance indicator around reverse mentoring. So all of our executive and, and senior leadership, those a cohort of 66 leaders, have a reverse mentor. Um, they do the program on an annual basis. And that's about them exchanging viewpoints and experience across the business and with people who are different to them to help them understand why diversity is important to people in other parts of the organization, lower down the organization, etc. And that's about their engagement. The second part um, is about their accountability for participation. So our, our basic sort of requirement at HS2 is we want people to participate. We can't change anything if people don't tell us what needs to improve and lend us their voice. So our directors are accountable for ensuring that everyone in there in their directorate has completed a minimum of one EDI engagement session. That might be a network activity, a lunch and learn. Um, we even have um, EDI games like crosswords and puzzles um, that, we, that we use internally and also share with our supply chain for, for use. And it's that around making sure they're personally encouraging participation, which is another important uh, part of it. One of the other parts is ensuring that the mandatory parts of our program, for example, are completed. So uh, pretty much all organizations now have a sort of a, a basic EDI awareness that everybody has to do and pass. And that is also part of our leaders' accountability, making sure that's all done. On top of that, we might set specific challenges. So, for instance, if we, uh, when we moved from success factors to Oracle, the switchover of the system meant that we lost some, uh, we lost some EDI data. It was no longer in, in the system because of the, the switchover. So, our leaders were accountable for making sure that you know ninety percent of records were complete with EDI data, and they did that by sharing videos on why EDI monitoring is important, but also doing things as basic as having a league table, which shows how the leaders are performing against um, you know, the diversity information field rights. So the success, I think, of, of pushing EDI through HS2 and through our supply chain 
has been uh, threefold, really. Number one, people understand the strategic case. It's not a threat. It's a benefit to the sustainability of the sector and the HS2 legacy. Uh, number two, as a leader, it is an expectation. It's built into our competency frameworks. It's built into how we recruit leaders. And three, um, it's around personal participation and encouraging participation throughout the organization. And in those three areas, again, um, we've been quite successful in making it stick. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Mark. I mean, you and I have worked together in the past. Uh, we were both working at the BBC together. And one thing that really impressed me when I worked with you was how your, your approach to diversity and inclusion was to really hardwire it into the organization and how the organization runs day to day. Um, and actually, that was a huge inspiration for my book, Inclusive Growth, which is all about hardwiring uh, diversity and inclusion. So uh, this is the Inclusive Growth Show. You know, why is inclusive growth important to HS2? I mean, this, it's, it's a fundamental part of what we're doing, right? Delivering the legacy of HS2 is supremely important. Uh, from an EDI point of view, you know, our, our uh, transport, our rail, our station, our train station should be more accessible and inclusive than anything that's gone before. So that's number one. Number two is about the skills, the jobs, the diversity of those in the sector, um, making sure that over the long term we're reducing those skill shortages, we're increasing the diversity of, of talent. If we just allow things to progress how they had done over the last 20 years, the data shows us we would be short of the people and skills needed to build projects like HS2 in the future. So um, inclusive growth is really important to HS2 because it's, it's underpinning the future of the sector. And I'm sure, you know, everyone's familiar with supply and demand. So when you have skills which are um, in greater demand but they're short of supply, it costs more. So even if you look at it from, uh, you know, just a cost sustainability point of view, you know, the broader your talent pool, the more you have skills, the more sustainable you can make the talent pool, the cost of building projects, etc. And it is fundamentally important to HS2 that we deliver those legacy outcomes. Excellent. Thank you. If somebody wants to learn more about uh, inclusive procurement at HS2, where, where can they get that information from? Sure. So we have, um, we have some YouTube videos which explain our approach to inclusive procurement and case studies. I can, I'm happy to make that available. Also, um, if people want to talk to one of our EDI supply chain managers, etc., they can email ediqueries at hs2.org.uk um, and one of my team will be in, in touch with them. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much for joining me on today's episode of the Inclusive Growth Show. And thank you for listening to today's episode. And I really hope you can join me on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Inclusive Growth Show. For further information and resources from Toby and his team, head on over to our website at milden.co.uk.